It's time for Life Unfiltered, the show that celebrates the messy, perfectly imperfect parts of life. Your hosts are Deborah Gansenberg and Lisa Sugarman. Deborah is the mom of three boys and a clinical psychotherapist. And Lisa is the mom of two girls, an author, and a syndicated columnist. And together, they authored the book, How to Raise Perfectly Imperfect Kids and Be Okay with It. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another 28 Minutes of Life Unfiltered. I'm Lisa Sugarman. Here again, we're laughing already. Here again for another Sunday morning conversation about life with my very dear friend, co-author, co-host, just my all-around everything, Deb Gansenberg. Uh, today, we, we wanted to change it up a little bit and talk about something that isn't exactly parenting related, though it, not in the traditional sense, and it's not pandemic related, although there's a, there's a teeny bit of crossover there too, only because people acquired the thing we want to talk about an awful lot more during the pandemic. But it's something that we know a ton of you listening will be able to relate to on lots of levels, and it's a subject that both of us very love very very much um so today we're talking about our pets and all the beautiful benefits that are attached to um having pets in our lives and and it's a topic that both of us are pretty passionate about because we're we're both animal lovers and we we actually have quite a few pets between us so if you're a dog owner or you're a cat owner or a hedgehog owner we're pretty sure you'll be able to connect with the show if you're a pet owner and and if you don't have an animal in your life right now but maybe maybe you've been thinking about adopting one and and hopefully this conversation will give you that little nudge that you need to bring one home so um so keep listening because there's nothing quite like bringing an animal into your family so Debs, let, let's let's go way back. Let's take it way back for you personally when you were a kid, or in, in, when we were little, because we're we've been friends forever. Remind me where your love of dogs came from. Um, you've always loved them since we were little, right? Or you you have or you have? Uh, I, I I have a little surprise in my back pocket. Okay. The answer to that question is I'm not sure I always loved them to be honest because. Okay. When I was little, I went to this day camp in like a picnic grove. And one day camp, a German shepherd. Now I have visions of it being huge. It jumped up on me and paws at my chest and knocked me down in the picnic area. And I was petrified. Like I thought it was going to attack me and maul me. And I, 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 to this day, I smell pine needles and it brings me right back to like that day. So I have to be honest, I was petrified, especially of big dogs for a really long time. And then cats, well, we were little, we found this cat under my mom's car and this cat was giving birth to all these kittens, six kittens. Oh my God. So my mom brought the cat and the kittens into the basement and called the, the animal rescue people and they didn't come. Um, so we had a cat and six baby kittens running around. And before I knew it, my brother, my older brother um, had major reaction. Um, I was allergic to them too. So we oh were allergic God. to the cats. <laughs> so off the cats went. <laughs> so needless to say, animals and I were not a great match until my parents actually came home. Actually, we all came home together with this little mini dachshund jammed in my mom's purse on a pouring <laughs> rain day. They called it Schmitzy. It's a long story I won't get into, but he was the greatest little puppy. 
um, and everyone loved Schmitzi. And when he passed away, my parents were so um, like crushed about it that they then went and got two mini dachshunds who were brothers. And that's great. Their names were Oscar and Meyer, and they were known all around town because who wouldn't know that the, they call them the baloney twins so. <laughs> so that experience did turn me into a pet lover and you know and for the most part it was a great experience and as my kids grew older we bought our first puppy Rosie who actually yeah I think your family's cared for her at different times and yeah, yeah Libby Libby has has yeah, walked and cared right. for Rosie sure so she's 10 years old and she still is wiggling a lot. And I think being a pet owner for us has been for the most part a good thing, but I'll talk later because there have been some ups and downs with it. So, you know, when you had said this isn't related to parenting, actually I'm gonna work hard to make a connection because I guess I think that there there is a part in all of this that is such an opportunity for teaching, learning and loving. And so I'm gonna make that connection. Um, for all of us listening. So how about for you, Lise? I know you have a really neat story to share. Um, you had a dog growing up, right? Well, I, I did have a dog growing up and I do have a neat story to share about the current dog that we have. But I want to go back to something you just said for a split second about um, how this does definitely kind of fit into the whole parenting model. I actually, you know, later on, um, as we get deeper into the conversation, I, I agree with that too. I mean, it, it, yeah. totally, it totally does uh, because we treat them like, kids and our children treat them like siblings. So we'll, we'll talk all about that later, but um, I'll get back to your question. Yes, I did have a dog. I've always loved animals my entire life, um, every kind of animal. Um, but my, my dog growing up, his name was McMurphy. Do you remember Murphy? <laughs> I do, but I did not know this was the backstory. Okay, so th there's kind of a cool little backstory. So his name was McMurphy. We all called him Murphy and he was an Irish setter, but like you said, the, the backstory is a little unique. He was my neighbor's dog long before he became our family dog. So he lived in the house across the street and he was the love of my life. I adored this dog, but he belonged to my neighbor, Toot Cahoon, whose real name was Don, everybody called him Toot. And he <laughs> he was the owner. So he he was about 20 years older than I was. And he was like a big brother to me, even though he, if he's listening, I actually did have a crush on you, Tootie, by the way. <gasps> Toot, you had a crush on Toot. Everybody had a crush on Tootie. He was—he's a big um, um, hockey guy. He was a big, pretty famous coach and uh, player for for BU. And um, but anyway, he had this dog who I loved. And um, but because we lived in the same neighborhood, I—I I kind of saw and imagined Murphy as my dog. I saw him every day. He was like my surrogate pet. And you know, I walked him every day. I brushed him. I played with him. Um, and, and so for all intents and purposes, it was like, he was my dog until Toot got married and I oh, was devastated. Toot got married? Oh no. Yeah. Well, I was, I was sad because I had a crush on him, but also because it meant he and his wife were moving up to New Hampshire and that meant he was taking my dog. So that was the very, like the saddest day of my childhood. And it's funny because this is where the story gets, gets interesting. I, I'll never forget when Tootie brought Murphy over across the street to say goodbye to me. You know, in my mind, I'm saying goodbye to this dog that I adore, and it was gut-wrenching. And then there was this twist. So Tootie and his wife could not have a dog where they were moving, which I didn't know. So he worked it out with my mom and dad that Murphy would come and live with us, but I thought I was saying goodbye to him. So Tootie walks across the street 
with Murphy for what I envision as our like last hug and I'm not gonna let go of him and I'm gonna miss him, but he's carrying, I didn't notice this until after, he's carrying like his dog bowl and his brush and he had this plaid, red and plaid, you know, like raincoat. And I just remember him saying, as he's walking across the street, you're gonna need these. And I was completely confused because I thought Murphy was leaving forever. So it took a second for it to click that we were actually adopting him. And then they told me the story, we can't take him, he's yours now. And and it went from being like the very worst day of my life to being the very best day of my life. But, and so that's how I acquired my first dog. But I, I have to mention something here um, that I think is really relevant. And this goes back to some some parenting stuff too. My mom, Sandy, was not a dog lover, ever, ever. Not dogs, not cats at all. So having her sign on to having this full-grown Irish setter in our house was huge. And she, she did it for me, a thousand percent for me. So mom, I know you're listening and I, I'm gonna take the opportunity for, for the billionth time to thank you again for what you did for me, bringing Murphy into my house because as a kid, because that gesture just ignited this lifetime of loving and owning animals for me. So yeah. that's my- that's How old were you, do you remember when Murphy came and lived with you? Uh, well, my dad was still alive. My dad passed away when I was 10. So I would say maybe I was like seven, probably seven. Um, how long did you have Matt Murphy for? You know, not long enough. So we ended up having Murphy only for, I think, a year or two because he was really big. And my dad, you know, big and active. And I was yeah. at school all day. And my dad worked in Boston all day, every day. So the dogs, like the day-to-day -day dog responsibilities became my mom's. And it was just really hard for her. It was, you know, we couldn't, she couldn't walk him and run him enough. So ultimately... He ended up being given to some family friends on a farm in New Hampshire. But do you know they took him up there? And do you know that he, he, he ran away from the farm in the first week? Do you know that that dog found his way back to my front yard from New Hampshire? And then they, they scooped him up. It was, it was crazy. We don't, no one knows how it happened. He made his way back and they brought him back to the farm and they bought a, a little girl dog and they lived happily ever after. And that was that. <laughs> so, da, 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 da. I know. Yeah. So that was my story. <laughs> so I'm going to loop this all together here. So I don't know for a fact, but I'm guessing that your mother might have had a couple reasons why she allowed the Irish setter in the house. And I'm going to speculate. It's probably for similar reasons that my parents bought a dog for us and why we bought a dog for our kids. Yep. Um, so as I shared earlier, my guess is that it's an opportunity as parents to create um, teaching moments, learning moments, and loving moments. So I believe that most homes that have a pet are happy doing it for various reasons, but really it is an opportunity to help parents and kids share in the caring and loving of a pet, right? Yeah. Better practice. And I lost my poor dog and, you know, the practice was not so great on this poor puppy, but <laughs> he survived. <laughs> he used to attack the garbage and that was a trick my brothers taught them, but my, my first dog. So, you know, poor dog. Um, um, but with that comes a lot for us to teach as parents and it's a lot for our kids to learn. So parenting pets really helps model for our kids and oftentimes our kids will then mimic our behavior with their pets or their siblings right yeah, so you, when totally. you, yeah so you like you know when you talk to your pet you have that like love 
voice, you know, that little peppy uh, uh, voice. So when you use a cute like voice to talk to your pets, your child often will mirror that. Like they will use the same little cute voice. So it's amazing to teach your kids how to be nurturing, how to be thoughtful and dependable. And as we grow into young adults, then these skills appear because they were taught and nurtured. So, you know, it's tough because in our world today, there isn't much that kids can learn how to provide for other living things. So pets are a great opportunity to teach our kids so they can practice it. So. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, just letting them walk the dog, letting them feed the dog, letting them look after the dog, make sure the dog's not, you know, not not chewing on something they're not supposed to be chewing on all the, all those little like behavioral the way we teach them they're helping us teach the dogs I, I think I couldn't agree with you more that that's so so valuable and for the record I will admit right now I I cannot seem to not talk to my dog in that little voice I can't I, I can't do it I can't talk in a normal voice to my dog it's insane I know I tease my my husband of all the people in our house has this voice when he talks to Rosie and we don't have a little girl, but she's our little girl. And so listening to him talk to her, we all just, it's hysterical because he, his voice goes up about 10 octaves and it's like, (laughs) (laughs) well, you know, what's, what's funny is that, um, and I don't think I ever did this with any of our other dogs. I sing with her. So I sing with Mabel to her constantly. (laughs) I'm constantly running around the house singing to her and everyone in my family is like what has happened what has gone on with you you're you're singing to the dog 24 hours a day i'm like i know i can't help myself i know we have to take a break but um i feel like we could talk about our our pets all day and anyone who's a pet owner could pretty much do the same so when we come back we're just going to talk about all the great bonds that they create and and all the mental health benefits um because there are a lot of them how do you raise the perfect kid the answer is you don't because perfection is the myth In the book, How to Raise Perfectly Imperfect Kids and Be Okay With It, by parenting author and columnist Lisa Sugarman and clinical psychotherapist Deborah Gansenberg, you'll get permission to drop some balls without feeling like a bad parent. Through Sugarman's humor and personal stories and proven tips and advice from Gansenberg's office couch, you'll have an everyday reminder that you're not alone, that all kids test limits, and that your kids will ultimately be okay. Find How to Raise Perfectly Imperfect Kids and Be Okay With It on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble stores, and everywhere books are sold. Welcome back to Life Unfiltered. Today, Lisa and I, we are talking about everything pets. Right, Lisa? I thought, why not everything. talk about our dogs, our cats, our guinea pigs, our gerbils? Why not? Right? They're such important parts of our life. And, and there, there's, I mean, everybody has a story or... Um, you know, that, that special bond and everybody who has a pet can relate, can just relate with how beautiful it is to have an animal in your life. So we thought it would be wonderful to talk a little bit about the benefits of having pets. And um, Lisa, I can't wait to hear this next little tidbit that you'd like to share with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in, in the 28 years that Dave and I have been married, we've, we've had three dogs uh, for the, that period of time. We had two beagles for, for almost 13 years each. And both of them were rescue dogs. And our newest little nugget who, you know, very well, Mabel <laughs> is uh, a border terrier pug mix that we rescued from Mississippi just about three months ago. And I, I have to say, it's been like 
all all of our dogs. It's been like having another three kids. That's how much we adore our animals. And I know our girls would absolutely consider our dogs and and our two cats also rescues um, would consider them just like siblings because that bond in the way that we consider them like our kids, they totally consider them, um, our, you know, siblings as well. And, you know, it, it's because, you know, I, I know that um, you know this because you're a dog family, but having animals around you every day brings such a unique and beautiful vibe into your home. It, it elevates everybody's mood. It, it gives everybody an automatic companion that's different from your husband, your wife, or your partner, or your your siblings. Um, you know, Dave and I, you know this, Dave and I both work from home and we've each created such incredibly special relationships with our, our pets because we're always around. And, and for Dave in particular, because he's home, he's actually in his office home working all day long where I, I pop in, I pop out. Um, he's always around and our dogs have represented that, like a constant companion for him because they're always either like in the little spot under his desk or he brings a dog bed down. So he never really feels alone when the girls and I are out of the house because they're always with him. You know, and, and I know that that's the case for a lot of people who have animals, especially especially people who are living alone. Their animals right. really become a true support system for them, which is, which is a good, I think, segue into the next bit of our conversation that I was hoping you could talk about, which is, you know, why is having an animal around such a powerful thing for someone who is either living alone or who suffers from mental illness? Because there are tons of therapeutic benefits having an animal around so i i just i i want to know i want to know what makes <laughs> like from from your, from your perspective as a therapist well i you know it's a good question i think not only do we build a bond between ourselves and our pets but pets actually help build family bonds too so you know it all begins have you ever gazed into someone someone's eyes you know how, it, it, there's a certain feeling you get you know that you get inside when you stare into someone's eyes. And so you mean how I'm looking into your eyes right now. <laughs> yes, right now. Uh, Over Zoom. Uh, <laughs> eye contact with a human and, and with your dog is the way to build a strong bond. Um, similar, you know, how we do it with humans. So pets, pets are no different. We look into their eyes and we have this special love language with them. And so it's, it's amazing. And our pets quickly learn who is there for them, right? You know, who's supplying them food, taking them out for a walk, giving them what else, whatever else they need. Um, so it immediately begins to build that relationship and that trust and comfort because that is the nature, especially for, for our pets, right? Who's taking care of me? Right. The guinea pig, the bunnies, all of it. Um, but pets are a source of support, love, comfort, and security, which certainly is a recipe for creating a bond for life, which we all yearn for. That's human nature. We want to have a bond with somebody, something. And so pets are a very unique way to do that. Um, but a special benefit that not many realize is how having a pet is often the means to building a family bond as well. Um, you know, when kids are asked to name everyone in their family, I do a lot when I interview kids in the therapy office, it, uh, they often include the pictures and names of their pets. It's sweet. Isn't that amazing? So yeah, a pet is, it's definitely a family member. 
you know, it really is. And it creates opportunities for connection, recreation, fun, like you had shared earlier, going for a walk, washing and grooming your pet is always fun as a family. Training your pet is a huge one. It's a family effort. And then watching that dog perform or that cat, whatever it is you've taught them is so rewarding too. And of course, during a difficult time, a challenging time, whether it's loss or trauma, a pet can be that security blanket that travels from room to room yeah. to offer unconditional love and support to every family member. So Absolutely. the list yeah. could go on. Yeah, 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 I know. You know, I mean, the, the benefits of having a pet around extends pretty far beyond even just the, those emotional benefits. And then those are huge. Those, what you just mentioned is huge, but there are also some pretty you know, compelling ways that having animals, especially in this context, having dogs can help us make and maintain a healthy lifestyle too. Right. It's, it's been proven over and over and over again that having a dog to run or to walk with is just a great way to keep yourselves fit because most dog owners have to walk their dogs at least a few times a day. So that becomes kind of a built-in opportunity for us to move. And you know, if we plan our schedules well, we can always add a little time onto each daily walk and ensure that we're we're hitting our own fitness goals <laughs> for the day, not not just satisfying what our pet needs. So you know, while while we're giving our pets the exercise they need, we're also kind of checking off our own fitness box at the same time. You know, and and then while we're out fitnessing or walking, we inevitably you know end up running into other people who have pets and start conversations and build connections with with people around us. So, you know, it's also a great way to build community. You know, when I was reading about the, the different benefits of owning a dog, I, I found the greatest quote about how they help us meet new people. I, I loved it. It was um, in an article I was reading on helpguide.org and it said that pets can be a great social lubricant for their owners, Ooh. helping you start and maintain new friendships. And I thought that was the most unique and perfect way of describing how animals just kind of help facilitate that connection between us and other people. It's, you know, it's the same exact way as it was when, when we were, you know, first moms with our kids and they were little, we'd be at the park with them. And it was always so easy, no matter where you were to strike up a conversation with other parents because right. our kids were the common denominator. Well, in this sense, our dogs are the common denominator and, you know, and, and they work in the very same way. I remember when my parents got Oscar and Meyer and um, I happened to be single at the time, they were like, Hey, go take the dogs for a walk and yeah. see me. Yeah, yeah, true. I, you could, I'd go take them out and everyone would stop and want to see them and talk to them and pet them. And they yeah. just, you know, and then they heard their names and it would be a good conversation. And so it was, it, it's so true. I'm going to shed a little light on the other side of people who also are listening. And that is for those where pets aren't always perfect. And uh, in our home, I'm not going to lie, our sweet pup has been the center of a lot of frustration at times, fighting, arguing. Um, and as a result, some problem solving that has to go on. So as she's grown older, it has become very challenging because she's kind of become a little grumpy old lady. Um, she's kind yeah, of yeah. irritable. Um, she gets very anxious during like thunderstorms and rain. And we've had a lot of that lately. Um, she barks yeah, a lot. Um, she has some chronic medical issues that are difficult. So for all the warm fuzzy reasons we have pets, there are also some less attractive reasons to have a pet too. Um, yeah. Now, our kids have always been asked and responsible from a very young age 
that for every person that was in the house, everyone did a dog walk every day for our dog. So, um, you know, so they were responsible for walking and feeding and cleaning up poop and puke and brushing her and, and feeding her medication. And, and those things aren't always easy. And it has at times created friction when she's due for a walk and no one's around or the walk was forgotten yeah. and there might've been a fib and Hey, look, a pet can't lie for you kids. You know, it's when they go, they need to go and you can say that you walked her, but then there's a puddle on the floor that tells mom and dad a different story. So right. then the argument ensues and the fight and the upset. So pets can teach us some amazing things and, you know, they teach us love and comfort and security but they also teach us other emotions too. And for us, it's been some frustration and disappointment and sadness too, to name a few. So uh, when we lose a, a beloved family member, our first experiences are typically the loss of our family pet. And I will be honest, I admit I really never really wanted to get a pet because I didn't want to feel the pain and loss when they would die. And um, it it's was hard. Very- it is really hard. We've been through it a number of times and it's, yeah, it's heart-wrenching. Uh, it is. Um, but to avoid things that eventually you have to learn how to deal with isn't the solution. So right. you know, pets create opportunities for growth in so many different ways. And I had to highlight the less attractive ones, of course. So we talked a lot about pups and cats, but pets of any type, you know, create opportunities. Um, so for all those listening, happy pet shopping or adopting, because it's a wonderful, wonderful life experience uh, with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, well, it's like anything, you know, it's a, it's a labor of love, right? That's that's yeah. what it is. You know, I, I want to circle back to something that you said a minute ago, um, that uh, that feeling that you get when you look into your pet's eyes and you just melt, because I can totally, totally relate with that feeling of every bit of stress evaporating when I cuddle with our dog Mabel. So I I absolutely believe in the automatic emotional support component that that every animal has kind of built into them, just their essence, because nothing helps reduce, and I'm speaking personally, my stress level when I'm overstimulated or when I'm frazzled, you know, like pulling her under the covers and snuggling with her is the thing that works for me. I look at the pictures and listen to the snoring and I'll, she, you too, like watching you with her is just adorable. She's really, she, she's my girl. I mean, she's all of our girl, but she's, you know, we, we, she and I paddleboard together. We kayak together. We, I have her in the, in the backpack on, on my back and we go um, climbing stadium stairs together. And so it's, yeah. And, and she is a snorer. You can follow her at Mabel underscore snores on Instagram. She yeah. does have her own page, but I mean, <laughs> Rosie snores too, worse than my husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they all do, I think, on some level. Uh, you know, I mean, if you ask anybody in my family, they'll say I spend more time, you know, goofing around with Mabel and holding and snuggling her than I do anything else. And it's very true. I absolutely do. But, you know, you are absolutely right about pets being work, and it's not always Instagram perfect. Behind all those social media posts, there are also, um, you know, those happy posts, there are the unhappy moments. Um, and like I said a second ago, it's a labor of love, but it's so worth the time and the investment of time and your heart. Um, you know what what you get from that um, so far outweighs any um, you know any of the challenges that that we might face. So, you know if you're if you're thinking about rescuing an animal, 
and, and giving an abandoned dog or cat a second chance at a forever home. Uh, over the course of our life, uh, you know, Dave and I have rescued three dogs and two cats, and we have just absolutely adored every single one of them. And they've brought an immeasurable amount of joy into our lives. So, you know, if you're thinking about it and you're you're on the fence, look into it. Talk to people who've done it. Uh, find out where they've done it. Um, you know, if you're in this this area, obviously, if you're listening to us today, you're you're in the Boston area, the north. North Shore area, consider giving the Northeast Animal Shelter in Salem a call, or even the Animal Rescue League of Boston, or you can contact the uh, agency that, that Dave and I used, Pause for Rescue. It's Pause with the number four, Rescue out of Connecticut. That's where we found Mabel. Because wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Rescuing a dog or adopting an animal is, is life-changing. And, and in her case, she was abandoned. Um, she was mauled and she was abandoned. You know her, you've met her. She has one eye and and we just absolutely adore her. And um, she's got the biggest, biggest personality in this world. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she, she rescued us right back. So I think that's that's kind of the, the best place to, to stop here is that that is where these, the, you know, rescuing an animal or bringing one into your home leads you. It's it's to that, that place of unconditional love. So... Um, with that, we, we, we're going to wrap up, but we want to hear about your animals. Send us pictures, um, send us info, let us know what kind of an animal you have, what your story is. We'd love to hear. Um, and you can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram by searching life unfiltered on North shore 104.9 FM. Yes. And also feel free to email us at Fox at Yahoo or Lisa Sugarman at hotmail.com. And if you can, find us on iTunes by searching Life Unfiltered. And don't forget to subscribe. And to all of those pet owners out there, remember to be gentle to yourself and your pet. And remember, we're all a work in progress, including our little dogs and cats, and it's all about the climb. And if you'd like more information on the dog adoption process, please just reach out to me directly or to Deb. We're happy to help. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Life Unfiltered with your hosts, Deborah Gansenberg and Lisa Sugarman, authors of How to Raise Perfectly Imperfect Kids and Be Okay With It. Find the book on Amazon.com or at bookstores everywhere.